Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin coming at you live from, believe it or not, my front porch. I know, I know. So many of you are listening to such beautiful podcasts that are highly edited and super studio awesome. And right now I'm sitting on my front porch in my favorite chair. I sit out here in the morning and I watch birds. I know a lot of my friends tease me about that, but I love it out here. And tonight I am not watching birds. I am celebrating this beautiful evening. Um, It's been a little stormy here in Connecticut, and tonight there are stars outside. And I just couldn't bring myself to go back inside to to make this episode of the podcast for Naughty Shaman, the BS Incinerator. So tonight, I am so excited to be under the stars, listening to the ambient sounds of the evening. You'll probably hear some barred owls. They were out just a little bit ago. I think they're looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe the right places. I don't know. Anyway, I hope they're getting lucky out there in the forest. And there's lots of peepers and frogs and crickets out tonight. So, And I love it. It's very natural. And it's perfect setting tonight for what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about tonight and the thing that's been inspiring me as I've been sitting out here contemplating under the stars are some things that one of my teachers, Julio Olaya, talks about. And he um, has this beautiful program with the Newfield Network. And so a couple of his words are inspiring me tonight, and it, it led me down this rabbit hole that I just have to share with you. And it is about being of service. And so tonight we're going to talk about, are you in the world here to be of service or to sacrifice? And what's the difference? And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And it's really close to my heart because of the different ways that I've had these words mixed up in my head. So many people right now are being called into service in the world, greater service, new service, thinking about other people for the first time in their lives. I don't know. But so many people are coming into Dharma school, coming into the Center for Shamanic Arts. And one of the first things that they say when I ask, you know, what called you here, what brought you in, is that often they'll say, I'm not totally sure, but I know that I want to be of service. I don't know how, I don't know when. But I feel this yearning, this yearning to have a life of meaning, this yearning to be filled with purpose and to make a difference, even in a small way, here on the planet where I'm here. And I'm celebrating this calling that so many people are waking up to right now, to be of service. I think it's blossoming on the planet for a couple of different reasons. We're in this tremendous phase right now where consciousness is flowering like wild blooms all over. And and people who've been previously asleep are waking up and often they don't know what to do with that. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful calling to be of service. Um, the other reason I think that people are being called of service right now is because it is needed. As we continue to grow in so many amazing ways, um, in the ways that we can use technology to connect, in the ways that we can use all of these different social applications to be connected. I'm sure you found this podcast on one of them, and I celebrate that. But there's also, if your heart doesn't come along with these technological advances, it can leave many people with a sense of loneliness, of actually feeling disconnected. And I think the third reason why I think there's this large, you know, huge influx of people being called into greater service in the world is because I think that religion has taken a hit. You know, a lot of the big religions have been taking a hit and numbers are dropping in in different religions all around the world. And 
People are yearning to find meaning, but they're also yearning for soul freedom. And there's been a vacancy of how to find places to be of service, to be connected to something greater, something spiritual, without the strict dogmas and judgments that were found, you know, especially in the past in a lot of the the religions that many of us were raised with. And so people are having to find a new way to be of service. And what's interesting about all of this to me is that, that service in our culture has often been linked to sacrifice. That in order to be of service in the world, many people believe consciously or subconsciously that that means that they will not have a life, that their life will be just dedicated to being of service and and they will not have love or fruitfulness or abundance financially or all of these different things that they have to sacrifice in order to be of true service in the world. And so culturally, these two words have been connected. And I've seen it even in my own life. Um, And I can tell you, there were so many years where I gave. I remember having this conversation when I was young and I was talking to a friend of mine and, uh, you know, I don't know, I think he was falling in love with me and didn't even realize it because I was so ignorant at the time about those things and connecting to people. And so, you know, he was yearning for a deeper relationship with me. And I remember looking at him in the face and saying, you don't understand. I'm here to be of service. How am I ever going to have time to love, to be in love? Oh, my gosh. If I could go back and, like, smack my my 26-year-old self into some realizations, I probably would have had much richer experiences in those decades. But it's true, and I didn't even know it at the time. I didn't have consciousness around the time about how I was locked in this idea of that service has to um, be filled, filled, filled with sacrifice. The other way that I know that service is filled with sacrifice is because I have so many people come into my office who are doing such great work in the world. They are lending an ear when people are heartbroken. They're driving, you know, a million miles at night to go be of service to a friend in need. And they're they're giving all of their money to, to places and they're giving and giving and giving and being of service and being of service and being of service. And they're miserable. They're left depleted from all of the service and their soul is exhausted. And my friends, I know soul exhaustion from this type of giving. Um, I used to give without consequence, without really thinking, have have I eaten? Have I slept? Do I have enough money? Do I have enough time? Do I have enough energy to be of service right now? Those questions never entered my mind. And for many years, it worked well. And people thought I was amazing, right? We get so many compliments, so much admiration, so much love in some ways, when we give from a place of sacrificing. And yet, our soul runs the risk of burning out. Like a hot flame that burns too quickly, we can can gush and give with service until our souls are depleted and inevitably there's a crash. And then often, sometimes, in my case and many other cases that I've heard, we can end up feeling a bit resentful or betrayed because the giving doesn't come back from the external sources where we've given. Oh, I've given him so many hours of listening. And if I could just get him to listen to me for five minutes, why would not he do that? Oh my gosh, I hate him. I need to leave. Or the other story scenario of I give and give and give, and this person is never going to repay me. They've never repaid me. How can I give any more? They have betrayed me. 
I gave them. I trusted that they would give back. And often these agreements are not spoken. My dad gave me some great advice one time. I was thinking of lending um, $700 to a friend who needed it desperately. And my father said, are you giving this money expecting to get it back? And I said, well, you know, maybe, kind of. I, I do. I would like it back. You know, I'm sure that once she gets on her feet, she'll, she'll give it back. And he said, Natalie, that is not the art of giving. If you're going to give a gift, give it freely with nothing expected back. So either give it fully or say no. And it blew my mind that I even had an option to say no. <laughs> I was wired so much through different experiences in my life and my culture to just give until I was empty. It never occurred to me that there could be a no option, a not yet option. Or what I'm going to propose tonight is an entirely different paradigm for how to be of service in the world, which is being of service from a place of joy. But let's finish talking about the sacrifice thing because I think it's so interesting. One thing that Julio said in one of the courses that I was taking with him over the summer is that the root word, you know, the origins of the word sacrifice is sacred office. That to be of service is a sacred office. It's meant to be undertaken with, with a modicum of sincerity and, and wisdom and, and sacredness and really revered that, that you are offering something that is meaningful into the world. It is a sacred office to be called into service. And so when I started to think about this, and I started to think of all the ways that I'm in service, that maybe I am performing a sacred office here on the planet, it really solidified my thinking around what it means to be of service, because I'm here to be of service for the long haul. I don't want to flicker and burn bright and then burn out and, and not be of service in the world that, that desperately needs people to care for one another and serve one another and be giving in the world. It's needed. But one thing that I was naive to earlier in my life was that service has a bit of a cost, for lack of a better word, to it. To be of service, really, and hold it as a sacred office, it takes time. It takes attention and care. It requires focus and absolute listening without any judgment. If you're truly going to be of service, you are giving some of the best of our human qualities of love, attention, of care, of tenderness to another human being. And it is truly a sacred office. And I want to do that until I'm 125 years old. And I know you do too. None of us are here to burn out brightly and quit. None of us want that as our fate. And so I'm proposing tonight that we have to find a new way to give that does not require sacrifice, that does not give until we are depleted. We have to find a way to give from a place of, of plenty, from a place of fullness, from a place of joy. When you can give from a place of joy, you actually get so much in return. So I want to share one other insight I had when I was giving from sacrifice. You know, I was giving and giving, giving, and sometimes I would get grumpy and resentful and cut people out of my life because they weren't giving back and the balance, you know, there was some injustice in my mind about the balance of power and the balance of giving and, and all of these things. And so, so I lost probably a lot of relationships along the way simply because of my belief, my hidden belief that because I was giving, they would give back. 
This is an assumption that I think we have to eradicate if we're going to hold a sacred office. Because if we're going to be truly in a sacred office of giving and service, then we need to give it freely. So that requires us to think about this a little bit differently. When I started to, to contemplate this many years ago, I started, maybe it was a mentor that asked me this question. I think it was Deborah, one of my mentors. And she asked, Natalie, when you give and give and give and sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice, what is the good thing that it gives you to give this way? Because it's hurting you. It's causing pain in your life. You can no longer give in this fashion, but you continue to do it because you're getting something out of it. And at first I was like, Deborah, go to hell. You know, I didn't want to hear it. And then after some gentle coaxing, and some self-examination, what I realized is that when I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave with a big fat smile on my face and my soul was so exhausted, and many nights I would just cry, exhausted, weeping, when is it my turn? When do I get to receive? And I was so confused about this whole notion of giving and being of service. I didn't understand. And in this contemplation, I realized that really, When I was giving from this place of sacrifice and then being praised for it, I was getting admiration. I was getting a sense of being powerful. And I was getting also a sense of maybe righteousness. And so my giving was actually a way for me to get love. So I don't know if you can hear it in that statement, but my giving was actually almost a subliminal attempt to manipulate someone into giving me something back. It was never spoken, but in my mind, it was assumed. And then when it didn't happen, I would get frustrated and sad and angry and hurt and betrayed and all those other things that led to my pain. So in this way of giving from a place of sacrifice, if you give it from a place of sacrifice, your service for too long, it begins to be a selfish giving an overgiving, a way to manipulate people, an attempt to manipulate people into giving you what you lack. So the way to break this pattern, the only way that I found to break this pattern, I have to say I've been quite successful because I've been successfully in a sacred office of service for 10 years and I, I still have probably another 125 left in me as far as I can tell, is because I've adopted some practices that help me give from a place of joy. And I've totally changed my mindset about this. And one of the first practices of this giving from joy is you have to be brutally honest with yourself about where you are. Do you truly have the time to give? Do you have the plenty in your heart, the care in your heart in this moment where you're being called upon right now to give? You have to get really honest about what it is you need also. And this is the second practice here. So the brutal honest of of what you've got, what are you available for is the first practice. The second practice is you've got to fill the well, your own well. All of your giving, all of your yearning to give has to come to yourself first. And you have to find a way to nourish that place in your soul where you feel full. So I ask people all the time, what do you do that nourishes your soul? And and people often will stare at me like, what are you saying? I don't even understand the language you're using right now. Does it nourish you to watch your children sleep? Does it give you a calm sense of peace? That's nourishing. Does sitting under the stars and contemplating life for an hour before you go to bed fill your soul? Yes, it's nourishing. 
Does eating good food that, that nourishes your body nourish your soul? Yes, absolutely. Does getting enough rest nourish you? Yes. And if you're brutally honest with yourself and ask, what do I need right now to fill my well? Is it rest? Then you must rest. If you're holding a sacred office, you have to listen to this. What do you need right now to fill the well? Do you need laughter? Do you need to watch fluffy kittens on YouTube for roll around? Yes, then do that. Do you need a conversation with someone you love desperately? Then yes, do that. Be nourished. Find ways to nourish yourself. Do you need to get on your yoga mat? Do you need to lie down in the grass? Do you need to feel rain on your skin, ocean around your body? What is it you need to feel nourished, to feel nourished in the world? So filling the well is the second practice that I encourage if you're in it for the long haul, you have to build in little small ways and big ways where you are nourished because then we're giving from a place of plenty. And the last practice is one of the most sacred practices that keeps us in a place of joy so that we can give without expectation of anything returning. It's just free. It's just free giving and it makes the world go round and it ends up coming back to you in ways that you can't even explain and not from the sources that you think it should or could or would. It's filled with miracles and magic when you begin giving from this place of joy. And I can't wait to hear your stories about it. But the final practice is the third practice. And I know many of you are already doing this, but I want you to see the connection between practicing gratitude and your ability to be of service, to hold sacred office for the long haul without any expectation of how it's going to come back to you. It is the practice of gratitude for what is. How grateful are you for the $10 you have in your bank account? How grateful are you for the love that you do have in your life? How grateful are you for your home? And sure, I've been doing a lot of work around my house lately and every time I'm like tearing down, you know, a rotted board to replace it with a freshly painted one, I'm thinking, wow, this is beautiful. I'm so grateful to have this home to care for it all. Like what an incredible gift. What an incredible gift to have this body. Is it perfect? (laughs) No, probably not by any yoga journal standards at all, but it's perfect for what I needed to do to hold the sacred office. And I love the energy it has. I love how it feels. Are you grateful for the beauty around you, the beauty that you're able to create in groups of people? Are you grateful for the gifts that you've been born with, the gifts that you're discovering? Are you grateful for the support that you have around you? We often create these huge expectations for what those things must look like in order for them to matter. And it ruins the practice of gratitude. Because if you pause, And take a super deep breath and feel the lungs move, the ribs and tendons. Feel the tingle of exhale through the whole body. You begin to feel gratitude for all of life. It's that simple. But we have to find ways to find peace and quiet for even one single breath and draw our attention to what is happening right now that is full that is great in our lives, something that we can be grateful for. So those are the three practices. I know you're in it for the long haul. I know you don't want to give from a place of sacrifice anymore. And I know that this idea of maybe I don't have to sacrifice to be of service is going to rock your noodles, some of you. And I think that's a great thing. And I want you to think about, do you want to give from a place of sacrifice and suffering? 
Or do you want to give from a place of joy? Because I believe, and this is just a belief of mine, based on my own experience, that when you can give from a place of joy, then you're giving a true gift. And you are making a soul connection to someone. When you just pause and are quiet and look into someone's eyes, that is an incredible gift of service. And it's very difficult to do that if you're somehow filled with lack or hidden expectations of a return. But when you fill your well, you're brutally honest and take care of your own needs, and you practice gratitude, then you'll be able to give with joy into the world that needs your gift. It needs your service, your sacred office that only you can hold. It needs it so much right now. So do these practices. Take care of yourself. Fill the well. And practice gratitude for what is. It's enough. You don't have to wait to be of service until you're perfect. Not at all. You don't even have to wait to be of service until you're like perfectly full. If you're full enough, then you're ready. You're ready. So my dear ones, this is just the noodle rocker for tonight. This is what I'm contemplating on this night. Is really, I think it's time that we no longer give from a place of sacrifice, of suffering. I think that we can be of service and hold a sacred office with plenty of joy in our hearts. And I have to believe that when many of us do this, it shifts the people around us in small and big ways. The bus drivers, the people taking our groceries to the car, the people that we work with, the people that we love, the people that we live with. It ripples out into the world in huge ways that we'll never know. Expect to not know. Expect one day to be miraculously surprised by how your giving comes back to you. (laughs) All right, my darlings, I'm leaving you with the sounds of my neighbors driving by and the crickets and all of this beauty. Please go give from joy. Thank you for tuning in to Naughty Shaman and Chat.